Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I ended a couple weeks ago a series on overcoming offense. Funny thing about when you talk about being offended, people get offended that you're talking about being offended because they think you're talking about them. And so I thought, well, let me come back with how to set boundaries to prevent being offended. Being that we are human, fallen people, there is inside every heart and soul, there is a default button, if you will. The default button that we usually experience or that affects us is the result of who raised us, how we were raised, where we were raised. Now, I'm not implying that our parents were wrong, our school teachers were wrong, our neighbors or aunts and uncles. What I'm saying is this, that because we are people with original sin and behavioral sin, we are very given to feeling like when someone says something to us or about us, that that opinion of us or what's said about us has more value than what God says to us and what God says about us. Some of us will live our entire lives or the rest of our lives being more popular than we should be and not in a positive way and and so in the last seven years I've had to recreate Mark Crow now you don't need a crisis to have to recreate yourself you can have knowledge that will help you recreate yourself so don't wait for something devastating to happen in your life be prepared for whatever might happen Because the outcome of your life is the fruit of your choices, not someone else's. Now, you could have been abused, you could have been neglected, all kinds of things that are horrific. But those things don't have to control your life. And so, many people were just talking prior to church to a couple guys that... Oftentimes, you lose someone you love. Many people that that go through a a loss or a death, they walk out on church and never come back because to them, church brings back a memory of the spouse that is no longer there. When in reality, you weren't here for your spouse, you were here for God. A divorce. You say, well, I can't go back to that church. Why? Is it because of pride and you feel shame? Live your life. Make choices that God wants you to make, not choices that other people want you to make. Because other people's voices, believe it or not, influence how you live and how you think, if you allow them to. 
According to many people, I should never preach again. But I'm not going to stand before many people. I'm going to stand before God. And guess what? You screwed up too. I, I just always love it when people think your sin is worse than theirs. I just don't get that. Jesse deals with wonderful people every week in prisons that, that society has written off as they're the worst of the worst. They made a mistake. They didn't grow up thinking, when I grow up in first grade, what do you want to be? I want to be a murderer. They don't do that. A series of, of events in their lives without realizing the power of choice led them to do something they wish they hadn't done, but society will vilify them the rest of their lives unless we understand God did not do that to us, therefore, neither should we. This sermon will do one of two things. It will make you extremely angry at me, or you will get extremely free at the end of this series. But that's going to be your choice. Don't talk about me at lunch. You get to choose. I'm in love with this series. And I've never preached this message before. And so I'm going to give it a real shot today. I'm so excited about it because it applies to my life. Every time, Jesse will tell you, every time we preach, we ain't preaching at you or to you. We're preaching to us, and you just get to hear it. So I've got this tape behind me. It says, police line, do not cross. I don't know if you've ever been to a crime scene or you've watched CSI, but when there is a, a violation of law, something happens, on a, and they call it a crime scene, they quickly light it up and tape it off. They say, no, no, no. Nobody that is not authorized to come beyond this tape is coming beyond this tape. They, they make sure that the crime scene is kept safe and not violated with all kinds of footprints and fingerprints and handprints and things that are moved. They protect that scene. I want you to see this tape and go, I'm going to create a crime scene and nobody's going to be authorized to get into my soul that I have not let in. I'm creating a boundary with or without the world. I'm going to live for God. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to be mad at you or anybody else. I'm going to be in love with Jesus. We're not, I'm not having that, preaching this sermon in a reactionary fashion, I'm preaching this sermon because I know in my life I am such a fun person. I am kind of a free spirit, and free-spirited fun people oftentimes are stupid. I get that. And so all I'm trying to do in my world and in my life is to find the boundaries that inside the crime scene take, the only people I'm letting in is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they are the ones that are going to investigate. You don't let people in and say, what do you think about this? There's blood over here, there's over here. Stop letting them in. They will contaminate the scene. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Good friend, take to heart what I'm telling you. 
Collect my counsels and guard them with your life. Tune your ears to the world of wisdom. Set your heart on a life of understanding. That's right. If you make insight your priority and won't take no for an answer, searching for it like a prospector panning for gold, like an adventurer on a treasure hunt, believe me, before you know it, fear of God will be yours. You will have come upon the knowledge of God. It doesn't say to go get everybody's opinion about what you're doing. It says get wisdom and get understanding. I believe that the reason that the Pharisees hated Jesus so much was because Jesus had boundaries in his life. And they were the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Pharisees, you can say, well, they had boundaries too. God had ten commandments. They turned them into over 600 because they couldn't focus on what God was saying in ten. They couldn't keep them because they couldn't trust him. Now, he's trustworthy, but they wouldn't trust him. So a lot of times people say, well, I got boundaries, but they move it when somebody says, but I don't think you ought to preach again. I'm not moving my boundary. I'm going to preach until I drop dead. And you may get to experience that at some point. So I'm going to draw a crowd of haters because I may die on stage. Come and watch it happen. Why would you talk like that? Because I don't care. I'm going to live a happy life, a joy life, joyful life. You can have whatever opinion of, uh, of me you want. It's not what you say. It's what I answer to, and I ain't answering to what you're talking about. You smell what I'm stepping in? <laughs> You'll get it at about 2 o'clock. I know you've never heard a pastor say that before. I was talking about bubble gum. You know, you, a hot day. So how do I know that, that the Pharisees... Here's why. Jesus refused to ignore Zacchaeus. They hated him. Jesus said, I got a boundary. My father is love. I am love. The Holy Spirit is love. And I will love Zacchaeus if I want to. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. He was a thief. He stole from him, gathering taxes. Jesus said, I refuse to ignore him. He climbed up in a tree. All you're doing is standing on dirt. I'm not going to ignore him. It was a boundary. They wanted Jesus to take up their side. And Jesus said, I came on the side of the Father, not on the side of the Pharisee. He refused to judge the woman caught in the act of adultery. I'm just giving you some boundaries here. Had Jesus been running for public office, he would have figured out a way to appease both sides somehow. Take the woman, put her away. Don't kill her. Just go hide her. And they'll think we killed her. I'm not going to stone her in public because there are kids here. That's what happens in our world today. There are no boundaries because if you're boundaries, you're a hater. No, no, uh. Haters hate boundaries. 
because they want to push your life around and control your life. Everybody ought to have boundaries. And you know what? If somebody has a boundary and you don't like it, it's none of your business. You honor it. And if you can't honor it, get the heck out of there. Everybody has a right to have boundaries. He refused to dismiss the woman with the issue of blood. Remember, everybody's pressing in. The Pharisees, I mean, the, the disciples even, are saying, you know, get away, get away. And Jesus said, hold it, somebody, somebody touched him in my garden. They were pressed against him. But one woman touched him with great faith. And power flowed out of him because faith touched him. Disciples thought they were doing him a favor. I mean, he was King Jesus, and, you know, you, you didn't have a VIP pass to get that close to him. He said, oh, I got boundaries. Anybody has faith, come and press on in. You see, they didn't want a king of kings. They just wanted a simple earthly king. But Jesus was the king of all kings. When you die... And I know some of you think you never will. But when you do, it's going to be all about you and him. People who hate want to hate with them, want you to hate with them. People who are religious want you to be religious with them. People who worship the law want you to worship the law with them. I have a boundary. I don't do religion. I do Christianity. Religion is man's effort to satisfy God. Christianity means I have been satisfied by God. There's nothing I can do to impress God. Now, there's a lot I can do to move God, but I cannot do anything to impress God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Willingness and obedience moves God. Trust and faith moves God. Love moves God. When I first started praying and fasting, I thought I was changing God's opinion of what needed to happen. That's what a lot of religious people say, I pray and fast. And, and when something good happens, they think they change God's mind. When in reality, they tapped into God's mind. You're not changing God. The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're not changing God because you pray and fast. You're changing you. I pray and fast to crucify my flesh so that I don't get what I want. You say, well, that doesn't sound right. I get what I need, and then God gives me what He wants and knows that I want because we're connecting. Okay, people will not treat you better than you treat yourself. So I'm going to talk about some boundaries here that, that you have to create for you first. Most of the time we think it's always about somebody else, but it's about me. I talk to myself. I hope that doesn't disturb you. At least I admit it. I even answer myself. I have some of the greatest conversations with me that I've ever had in my life. So why would you do that? Well, David talked to himself in the Psalms. 
And guess what? If you call yourself stupid, dumb, never going to amount to anything, you'll have a host of people join in with you. But if you say, you know what? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm creating the image and likeness of God. I'm the apple of God's eye. That's a boundary. You create a boundary for yourself. Quit putting yourself down. The Bible does say iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Not everything somebody says is judgmental and they're not trying to violate your boundaries. Actually, really loving people are trying to reinforce your boundaries. So if I tell somebody, don't, don't say that about yourself. I'm not imposing myself on their boundary. I'm trying to say, uphold the standard that you know that you have in your heart. Love yourself. So well, how? come on. Bible says love your neighbors. You love yourself. If you don't love you, you can't love your neighbor. So until you love you, and people will call you arrogant. They'll call you all kinds of names because they hate themselves and therefore hate, hates love. So when you start loving yourself and talking about loving others, people get frustrated with you because that's not a standard or a boundary in their life. They just go off all the time. Don't participate in gossip, idle talk about other people. Don't call people names. Don't talk about them. You say, well, I don't, but I, I'm a really good listener. Don't be a good listener. These are hard boundaries in a world that's looking for somebody to blame. Let me just tell you something. We don't have a presidential issue whether you're a Democrat or Republican. We have a societal issue. This is the result of a fallen America. And there's no man that can fix what we've given up. I don't care who he is. So we, we pin the blame on the White House while we're in the outhouse, avoiding God's house. No, it's time to look in the mirror and say, who do I want to be and what's it going to take to get there? Financial boundaries. I'm telling you, there are some salespeople that could sell you snow on the North Pole. And it's everywhere free. And you blame somebody else. Well, you know, we're going through financial. I, I got all kinds of stuff. So what do I do set a boundary? My boundary is I'm going to give and it shall be given. I'm going to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So God, there will be meat in my house. He said, see if I won't open the windows of heaven. So people are always complaining about finances. And I say, I can't help you. Why can't you help me? I used to interfere with God all the time. I'd help people. And, and not, don't get me wrong, there are times you, you're benevolent to people who don't know. They're ignorant. The Bible says to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it's sin. There are people who don't know the right thing to do. But you're not those people. If you sit under my teaching for the last 20-some years, I talk about what it takes to be financially blessed. And still, 95% of the people don't respond to God's word, not to me. So I have boundaries. People come and say, well, shouldn't the church help me? What are you doing to help the church? What are you doing to help yourself? What are you doing to help your family? Because God said if you don't give, it's not going to be given. Look at Deuteronomy 28 and read the curse side instead of the blessing. God woke me up one night in the middle of the night. I was helping everybody I could help. God says, you're interfering with me. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're giving to people I can't give to because they won't obey me. If you tell your son to go mow the lawn, you'll give him $20. He doesn't mow the lawn, you give him 20 anyway. You think there's any hope of him mowing the lawn next week? Probably not. You're enabling disobedience. Oh, I am just... Mm. Yes. 
conversational boundaries. Don't be critical. I told you you'd love and hate all at the same time. It's very difficult. It'd be like saying, you know, that dumb fish can't climb a tree. A fish is never going to climb a tree. Just throw it in water. Sometimes we ask people to do something they cannot do. They're not capable of doing. And because they're not capable, they're good at something else, but they're not good at... Quit trying to make fish climb trees. And if you do, I want to invest. It'll go global. Mental boundaries. Keep your mind where it can grow. Be nice to yourself. I'm going I'm, I'm to meddle right here. So just get ready. It'll be a good time for you to walk out. I care deeply about what I do. I don't stand up here and preach because I like to hear myself talk. In fact, I don't listen to my messages because I can't stand to hear myself talk. So this ain't about me right now. Recreational boundaries. We are an entertainment society. Now, everybody needs vacations. Everybody needs time off. I'm not talking about... But when recreation exalts itself above the worship of God in God's house, you got a problem. You need a boundary. I never got up once when I was a kid and said, are we going to church? My mom woke us up and said, we are going to church. It wasn't a request. It was a mandate. You say, well, that's just wrong. I thank God for my mama in heaven right now because I'd be going to hell on the express train. Recreation. Recreational boundaries is, you know, honey, we're going to take this many Sundays off this year. We're going to be in the house of God. pandemic problem many people got lazy said well you know we can't go to church and now we don't go to church well we can do everything and everything's great it's not going to be great God is calling us to assemble together I'm not going to give in I know there are people who are locked up locked in, locked down, locked out I get all that but if you're free to get up on a Sunday morning and go to a house of worship, get up and go. Spiritual boundaries. I just meddled for a little bit. Doing the will of God even when it's difficult. That's a boundary. Some people say, well, that's just too hard. We got kids. We got Difficulty is a vehicle to development. What you do in crisis, what you do in difficulty, what you do when there's resistance is what produces a strong soul. I don't want to preach every Sunday that I preach. There are times I get tired. There are times I don't want to. You won't hear that from many preachers either because they got their cape on. 
I burned my cape and my shirt with an S on it. The reality is there are times I do things because it's the right thing to do, not because it's the fun thing to do. I don't always love my neighbor as myself. And that's just not right. So I have to choose. My boundary is I will love my neighbor as myself. Emotional boundaries, don't be angry with yourself and you're more than likely you won't be angry with others. People who hate, hate themselves first. People who are angry with you are angry with themselves first. Now, you will be perceived as angry when you establish boundaries. People will perceive that, and in a moment I'll get to that. Because to people who have no boundaries, and whenever you establish through conversation a boundary, they will get angry with you. Because what used to be free reign on your soul no longer is free reign on your soul. You've just fenced it off. You put tape on the crime scene. You said, no, no more. I'm not letting that end of my life anymore. Second major point, people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Other people are not responsible to enforce your boundaries, you are. How often you say, well, they said this, or they did that, or they made me... What you're saying is, I'm not in control of my boundaries. Nobody can make you feel any certain way except that you allow that. How do you address boundaries? I'll get to that in just a moment. But one, let me just go ahead and give you a little highlight. Is you have to create vehicles to stop, ways to stop people from trying to cross the tape. Don't expect someone someone else to protect your soul, your heart, your boundaries. Don't expect that because it's probably not going to happen and it shouldn't happen. And this is for all of you parents that are going to hate me when I say this. Stop counting to three and get her done on one. You know what what counting to three says to your kid? I can do what I want up to three. Some of you all moved it to ten. Go home and shock your kid. The minute they break that boundary, smacko. What? You didn't count to three. I'm not counting to three again. They'll believe now that the boundary you have is really a boundary. But when you start counting, it's not a boundary. Don't expect them to enforce it. It's your boundary. I told you to clean up your room. One. Two, they pick up a sock. You walk out, come back. One, two, they pick up another sock. Come one. And before you know it, you could have counted to a hundred. Now, this is what really gets difficult. People without boundaries will always judge people with boundaries. And let me tell you why. They will perceive that you are judgmental. And all you have to say, this boundary is not about you. It's about me. Well, you think you're better than me. 
No, I don't think I'm better than anybody. But this is my boundary to keep me getting better. Boundaryless people will always judge. That's the reason the world judges the church oftentimes. Now, there are religious churches that they're accurate. But churches that, that pride themselves in loving people and saying, we do have boundaries. You know, when we come to church, there are certain things we do. And, you know, we don't want people making out on the back row. Kind of a boundary. And certainly not on the front row where you're distracting everybody. I just figured I could pull out whatever I need to pull out here to make a point. I don't want to be religious, but I do want us to focus on God when we come in the house. He's our focal point. Boundaries scream even when we don't. You can say, uh, you can communicate a boundary you have in a very soft tone, but it screams to the person who doesn't like the boundary. Now, I'm a loud person. I know that. I have to really watch it. Passionate and loud, they're just difficult. So I have to really watch myself because I don't mean that. But when I do have a boundary, I know that even more so that boundary screams. You know, the great debate in the church historically has always been, did Jesus turn water into wine? You know, the assemblies of God said he turned it into grape juice. Sorry, not so. So as a result of that, the great debate, as long as I've been in the church, has been that. And some people have a boundary, and some drink wine, and some don't. It's their boundary. But those, typically, they're at so odds with each other, they want you to adopt, not embrace, or respect. They want you to adopt their boundary so they get mad at you. I don't care. That's going to be your problem. It's not my business. If I'm taking care of your business, who's taking care of my business? Another new thing in the world today is tattoos. When I was a kid, if you had a tattoo, you're going straight to hell. That's what my mama said. And she wasn't Forrest Gump's mother. And mama always said. Well, you know, and, and then we always conveniently try to find a verse that supports our opinion. <laughs> Do you think that God gives two cares about ink on your body? I don't think so. Now, I care about some of them because it's just sloppy artwork. You need to change parlors. But we've been so busy in the church looking out at everybody else and how we want them to act and how we want them to respond that we've not focused on our own selves. You see, you got to look at you. Whatever you do, I mean, if you're nice to me, I like that. But if you're not, I'm just going to walk away. And then if you come after me, I'll have a security guard. No, anyway, so... <laughs> people without boundaries say things like you think you're better than me let me tell you what that is and I'll get to this in later series it's called manipulation I want you to feel bad because I feel bad and if you feel bad enough you will adjust your boundaries 
I read a book entitled Loving What Is seven years ago that revolutionized my life. I've been trying to live it now for seven years. Which is, I don't expect you to do things that make me happy. Now, if you do, it's a perk. But I get to choose to be happy regardless of what you do. Story of Byron Katie had a total meltdown, collapse, found herself institutionalized. And she realized the reason was that she was trying to get everybody else to embrace, not respect, to support and embrace her boundaries. She would come home. She had kids. She had a husband. She'd come in. The living room would be filled with shoes and socks and towels and everything else. And she would walk in and start picking them up. But while she's picking them up, she's screaming at everybody. Get here, pair of your socks, and get your shower. This is my boundary. And she wanted everybody else to think exactly as she thought. But after the meltdown, she realized that her life was miserable because she was wanting everybody else to make her life wonderful, and they weren't. So now, instead of coming home and screaming at everybody, she came in, and she began to pick up socks and shoes and smile. How you doing? Love you. And she did that for a period of time until everybody in the house began to say, this is really important to her. And they began to pitch in. And she never said a word. She just said, this is my boundary. I'm not going to let the shoes and socks stay here. I'm going to pick them up. Now, I know that goes against the grain of popular upbringing. I get that. But the reality was, it was ruining her life. And it was her choice. She said, no, the kids, it was their fault. No, it wasn't. If I still had kids at home, I don't know that I could preach this as well. But what I realized in, in that book was, what she had learned was, I'm going to live my life and do what I am supposed to do. And if I do that, I'll be happy regardless. And everybody else gets to do what they do. Now, the challenge in our world today, I believe, is that we can post without process. When you read Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be, there's a constant challenge to change your boundaries. Well, if they can do this and get by with it, if they can do this and get blessed, if they can do this, you may not be able to do what somebody else does and experience the blessing they're experiencing because God didn't tell you to. I've wanted to be a business person for years, but every time I think about it, I know this is what I'm called to do because I know if I was a business person, I could make a boatload of money, and I'd be good at it. And every time I think about that, I get this check. This is my boundary. This is what I'm called to do. This is my life. And when I'm doing this, I am fulfilled. But when I start looking at other people, it sometimes messes with my mind thinking, I could do that and maybe do it better. And what you're going to say, that's arrogant. It's really not. It's called confident. And we don't want to be confident anymore because when you're confident and committed to something, you will be judged because most people are not confident and most people are not committed. So the minute you raise a standard of confidence and commitment, you will be judged because most people feel like you're putting them down when all you're doing is lifting God up. Who created you?
Proverbs 18.2, I posted this. If you're not following me, you should. Fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at the mouth. The goal in any conversation is not to win. The goal is to resolve. But when someone detests your boundary, it creates a fight in them if they don't have boundaries of their own. You say, well, they don't honor my boundaries. Do they know what your boundaries are? Because if they don't, you're asking them to do the impossible. You must articulate your standard, your boundary. Don't cross this line. One of my lines is, speak respectfully to me or I'm walking out. You say, well, that's cruel. No, it's smart. If you're going to be disrespectful, I'm out until you can be respectful. And you can say, how many of you know, you can say something very hard with respect. When a boundary is crossed, it's the boundary holder's responsibility to enforce or activate the boundary. Lay out the boundary and the enforcement plan clearly. If people don't know what you stand for, what your boundaries are, you can't very well expect them to honor them. Most marriages are in trouble today, relationships with children, bosses, all because we don't know what the boundaries are. If you work for a company and you don't know what the company stands for, what your boss stands for, why he does or she does what she does, you'll just get frustrated with him or her and probably be angry until you retire. Instead, if you made an appointment and said, you know, what can I do? What do I need to do in this company? And get the answer and the response from them. And say, okay, you may not be able to work for that company. Because you don't agree with the boundary. It doesn't make them bad. It just means that that's their boundary. And you need to honor and respect that boundary. If you don't, you reap what you sow. Work on the plan, not your emotions. If you make the plan paramount, your emotions will be in the shadow of the plan. But if your emotions are high, you'll never get to the plan because you'll never see it because you're seeing red. Stay focused on the infraction at hand, the boundary that has been crossed, not other boundaries that you have, not other problems that you've encountered. Stay focused on that crime scene. Work on one crime scene at a time. Don't try to solve the world's problems in a day. I'm going to read this and I'm going to close and I want you to hear this. I, this has been online. You may have already seen it. lady says, it took me a long time to realize that each person is responsible for their life. It took me years to discover that my anguish, anxiety, my depression, my courage, my insomnia, my stress does not solve your problems but aggravates mine. 
I'm not responsible for the actions of anyone, and if it's not my job to provide happiness, but I'm responsible for the reactions I express to that. Therefore, I came to the conclusion that my duty to myself is to remain calm and let each of you solve what corresponds to you. I've taken courses in yoga, meditation, miracles, human development, mental hygiene, vibration, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, and all of them I found a common denominator in them all. I can only control myself. You have all the necessary resources to solve your own problems despite how hard they may be. My job is to pray for you, love on you, encourage you, but it's up to you to solve them and find your happiness. If I can only give you my advice, if you ask me, I can only give you advice if you ask me, and it depends on you to follow it or not. There are consequences, good or bad, to your decisions, and you have to live with them. You. So from now on, I cease to be the re receptacle of your responsibilities, the sack of your guilt, the laundress of your remorse, the advocate of your faults, the wall of your lamentations, the depository of your duties. Who should solve your problems or spare a tire every time you fulfill your responsibilities? From now on, I declare all independent and self-sufficient adults. Everyone at mom's house was speechless. From that day on, the family began to function better because everyone in the house knew exactly what it is they needed to do. For some of us, this is, a, this is hard because we've grown up being the caregivers, feeling responsibilities for others. As moms and wives, we are fixers of all things. We never want our loved ones to go through difficult things or to struggle. We want everyone to be happy. But the sooner we take that responsibility off our shoulders and onto each loved one, the better we are preparing them to be me responsible. We are not here on earth to be everything to everyone. Stop putting that pressure on yourself. Depression, anxiety, stress is not everybody else's fault. It's ours. I get to choose every day who and what I subject myself to. And if you allow people to come into your crime scene, to cross your tape and trample on evidence... It will become a contaminated life. Many people come to church expecting the pastor to fix their problems. That my prayers are going to change things in your life. I can't pray for disobedience. You come, you're bitter, you're hateful, you're unforgiving, and you want peace in your soul. What I'm going to tell you is get forgiving, get loving, get grace, get mercy, get kindness. And then I promise you the God of all gods, the king of all kings will bring healing. Don't expect me to do that. I'm going to tell you the truth. And let me tell you, the truth always hurts before it heals. This is the premier message of 2021 for me. With all this going on in the world and all the blame games and all the things going on and everybody blaming somebody else for where they are or where they're not. Listen, God cannot, 
I, the devil cannot keep you from a promotion that God wants you to have. Amen. He cannot do that. We're blaming everyone. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the raise. I didn't get. I, hold on, hold on. If you were supposed to get it, you would have gotten it. I'm going to be like a Tesla. I'm going to have to plug in after this message. Because I've used all the energy this battery got to hold. Why? Because the reality is the older I have gotten, the more responsible I realize I need to be for me. And I hope you the same way. Life's going to always be filled with trouble. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation. Take courage, I've overcome the world. If you're hoping chaos is going to get minimized, forget it. It's not going to happen. But let me tell you something. You're going to get bigger than the chaos. You're going to get stronger than the adversity. Because greater is God in you than all that's in this world. It's very, very simple to sit down and say, these are the things I feel like I need to set boundaries in my life. These are the areas I need to set boundaries. Set them. Articulate them. Enforce them. You'll lose some people, but you'll gain a lot more. Because your life will be solid. You'll be confident. You'll be committed. And if you say, well, somebody's pushing me around, it's only because you've allowed them to push you around. You can blame the pusher or the pushed. I'm going with the pushed here. Because pushers are always going to be pushers until God gets a hold of them. Haters are always going to be haters until God gets a hold of them. But why don't you get a hold of God? Because they may never give themselves to Him. But you have the freedom to look at somebody and say this is my boundary I love you but this is my boundary if you can't live with this boundary you're not going to push me you're not going to hate me well you can hate me if you want but you're not going to push me because I'm not going to be available to be pushed now I know this sounds very strong very harsh almost but, but the reality is I've heard for so many years well you offended me you offended me I'm thinking no I chose to be offended People come up and they talk about your haircut, your clothes, where you work, the car you drive. And the only reason they do it is because they feel bad about their haircut, their clothes, and the car they drive. And they want you to feel bad with them. I'm just thinking, stop. Create the boundary. And say, you know, I'd love it if you could respect it. I'm not asking you to enforce it. I'm asking you to respect it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you for showing us boundaries, for loving the unlovable, for healing the hurting who, according to Pharisees, didn't deserve it, for embracing the thief, for loving the adulterous woman, for extending grace and mercy. Your boundaries were, I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to show grace to everybody. But if you cross the line and expect me to be you, that's where I draw the line. So, God, I thank you today that you're helping us to draw lines, create boundaries, put some tape up in our lives. Help us, Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed. 
never like to close a service without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. When I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus, that was a boundary for me. You could tell me there are many ways to heaven. My boundary is you can believe that if you want. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to care for you, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to hate you. But my boundary is I will not argue on that issue, nor will I have a conversation. It is what it is for me, and I'm going to stay with that. And, and we're wasting time and energy having a conversation about anything otherwise. Now, go do your thing, create your boundaries, but that's my boundary. When I got saved, I got saved. I didn't get perfect, I got saved. Because I was imperfect, am imperfect, and will always be imperfect. So I want us all to pray this prayer right now. Those of you watching online and everybody in here, pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die so that I might live, so that I might be forgiven. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and all of my sins. And I thank you, Jesus. Today I'm forgiven. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do me a big favor. And I'd like for you to do it right now, but if you can remember numbers, you can do it whenever. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.